With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey gang, quick question for you. Have you started playing daily fantasy yet? And if not, why not? Because if like me, you're already given up on the fantasy team that you drafted at the start of the season because it's doing so badly, then check out our brand new daily fantasy listener league courtesy of DraftKings because it could be the game for you. It's all very simple. You pick a brand new team every week based uh, on a salary cap. You enter that team into one or more of our show contests and you try and win all kinds of prizes. We've got merchandise, tickets and good old fashioned cash to give away. And more importantly than all of that, you can embarrass me, Propo, the Guru Sandrini and lots more of your show faves by showing us that you know a lot more than we do. So click the link in our show notes or hit us up on social media for a link and that way you can join the show league. It's free to enter and as well as the pay to play contest, there are going to be free to enter competitions all through the season. You have to be 18 plus, of course. And remember, be gambleaware.org. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show. It's Monday. I and Mike back in the house. A ton to get into Brock Purdy. His time is now, surely. What a story that is. A bunch more to break down for you. Let's roll. Here's I, Mike. All right, Mike, good to see you. You strike me as a snow kind of guy. I am a snow kind of guy. I mean, you know, I grew up in New England. I lived in Montreal. Um, snow doesn't bother me at all. I mean, it's best when it's sunny and snowing. That that's wonderful. But you know, I can live. I can live in snow. I can drive in snow. You know, and, and decent the at snowball idea fights. That, Where would you say? What, how would you me? grade yourself in a snowball fight? Are you a star? Oh, in a snowball fight. Well, you know that arthritis and all in the shoulder. I bet you were it's not what it used to be. But I bet yeah. you suck. I bet you do a sucker punch snowball, don't you? You would <laughs> well, definitely we were, get me that way. Yeah, when we were kids, you know, you, you'd throw, you'd put the rocks inside the snowball. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It, we used to do. I mean, I, I lived on a you know near the beach, and we used to do rock fights down the beach all year. You know, rock fights. You, you would what, yeah. You throw rocks, just at, each throw rocks at each other. This explains <laughs> quite a lot. I might to be frank. It was. It, it was tough, but you know, forty five years of living here, where a slight dusting of snow is called a blizzard. Um, <laughs> yeah, like... the country grinds to all. Uh, we have got a lot to get into today, Iron Mike. Let's yeah, start. What a, week. what a week, huh? We've got to start with uh, the 49ers and Brock because so many questions about this. Firstly, when Garoppolo went down, I think many people felt the 49ers are good enough to make the playoffs. Probably the defense is great. There's enough talent there. Shanahan's such a, a remarkable architect. But now they've got this young guy, they're not going to be a serious threat in the playoffs. Do you think that's changed based on what we saw yesterday? Uh, probably. Uh, and it might still be jumping to conclusions um, because, but we, we, you know, we said last week, I think the league will, will catch up to his weaknesses. I'm not mm. sure his long ball is, is a strength, you know, but, but, um, but he's airing it out a lot more than Garoppolo has this season. I mean, well, Garoppolo was pretty efficient. Um, it didn't look that way all the time, but at least statistically, it, it's oh, efficient, but the long ball, the deep ball specifically, is he seems yeah, to have well, he that. Needs, he needs to get set to throw. And, and in that moving offense, that's not always, that's not always possible. Mm. But, you know, I, I pulled out a scouting report um, and, you know, it said extremely accurate on short and intermediate, makes quick decisions, will take what the defense gives him, not afraid to take off if nothing is there. Mm -hmm. Velocity goes down the more the play is extended deep inside, doesn't consistently beat man coverage, um, and, you know, plays well but lacks an outstanding trait. All those things make him a good fit for San mm. Francisco, you know, where, where you're not seeing – tons of man coverage you're going to you're going to beat most zone coverage he as he did when he came in uh, a week ago he looks like he knows what he's doing there you know mm -hmm. it's like a looks quick like study belongs. yeah and and um 
you know, he was running scout team or whatever, but he's paid attention to what's going on. He he understands how the offense is going. And I, I kind of contrast that with Baker Mayfield, who mm-hmm. you, you remember on Thursday played a pretty good game um, as, as the Rams upset Las Vegas and basically ended the Raiders season. Yeah. Um, but when I watched Baker in that game, it it looked to me like classic Sean McVay. He was probably talking into his helmet. Mm-hmm. Up to the moment the snap came, you know, okay, on this one, you're going to look for, you're going to look for him at first, you're going to look for him second, okay? Mm-hmm. And kind of like with Jared Goff, you know, in in prime Goff. And I'm not sure that Shanahan has to do that with Brock Purdy. And I think right. that's why their comfort level with him was higher than people expected, you know, why they didn't put a, a waiver claim in on Mayfield. Oh, Mayfield, sure. He certainly looked it, you know. It, that opens up, I guess, and presuming he carries on playing at, at this level, it opens up a really intriguing conundrum, a, a nice problem for Shanahan to have, that essentially he's got three quarterbacks he could go with next season, right? Garoppolo played his way potentially back into the oh. reckoning, although I think a lot of people thought, well, Lance is the vestment, he's the future, but now Purdy's suddenly in that. Yeah, I, I look at that as a real problem for them, actually. That they, oh, really? They've got, well, they've got to make a decision, which you know they, they hesitated and hesitated on which worked to their advantage when when Trey, uh, Trey Lance got hurt. Yeah. And they still could call on Garoppolo and, and Garoppolo, you know, they, took couldn't a, deal, they couldn't deal him though because of the injury, right? I think they would have done. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a problem, but they, you know, they, they obviously didn't want him to hang around. Yeah. And then they were glad. And, and Jimmy G took a friendly team, friendly deal in, in order to, to do that. So they were lucky in that sense. So I, I don't know what, what they will do. I mean, Lance remains unproven. Mm. At best, I mean, you know, um, he's got low. He's got loads of talent, obviously, but but you know, he needs to be able to put together something that shows. And Purdy, if he plays this way the rest of the season, could make a very strong case for remaining as the starter, right? Because if he plays this way the rest of the season, the Niners are going to make a playoff run, right? Um, you know, they've got the, the horses cheap- to be able to do that. Cheaper option out of the two, I guess, as well with you know with Garoppolo, um, if they want to hang on to, to one of them and trade Trey Lance. So Garoppolo, I guess, has got higher. Well, they don't get to trade Garoppolo. He's a free agent. Oh, he'll go and just roll, won't he? So yeah, fair enough. Okay, so interesting, but uh, yeah, I get it's a problem, but a nice problem to have in the 49ers are back on Debo Samuel. That injury looked incredibly worrying, but apparently not as severe as initially thought, which is good news. Yeah, and and. To be honest, when you heard the announcers saying, well, you know, they've got other playmakers. George Kittle's not the playmaker he was two years ago. Mm. Um, he's still a good player. No, no question about it. But, he, you know, but he's he's not he's not busting big plays. Um, and Ayuk, he had two fantastic plays in, in that mm. game, um, including the 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 uh, curl and go. Which was absolutely brilliant. And it Purdy, was. You know, I mean, you know all the curl and go, Mike. You'll love this. They're props to the forty. Whoever's running the 49ers Twitter handle because they put a clip of the curl and go with the caption "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> Which I just <laughs> thought was genius. <laughs> Subbers is saluting your and you know, but but if you watched Purdy on that play, he pump faked, which you need. You know that that makes the play. It sells the play. And he he threw that ball with somebody right in his face. He was just about to get creamed. Um and and put the ball on the money. I mean, to an open receiver, but still, he put the ball on the money. So, you know, that told me a lot about Purdy. You know, he he knows what he what he was. He knew what was going to happen, but he knew what he had to do, and so so he did it. Um, they need Debo. Um, Ayuk is a good receiver, but he's not the double kind of threat that Debo is. And you know, they could use Elijah Mitchell back. Um, but who knows for how long? If I if Elijah comes back, who knows for how long? Um, but still, you know, I, I think it's a great story. And, you know, the other the other reaction to that game is, hey, didn't you used to be Tom Brady? Right. Well, <laughs> weren't you married to that Brazilian woman? <laughs> you know, they can't keep throwing him 55 times a game. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I just don't get it. You know, I don't get what's wrong, what what the disconnect is there. Brady throws, you know, he throws a bad pass to Mike Evans, which would have been a touchdown. There's, yeah, uh, they get called back because they drop Smith his hold. passes. Yeah, Donovan they can't Smith, run the ball. The numbers, Mike, were blowing my mind. This is via uh, NFL.com. So Smith's because he had a hold last week against the Saints, which wiped out. Um, yeah, what would have been the game winner, but then Tampa scored right. Nine, Smith's ninth penalty of the season, his third hold in a thirteen-minute game span, going back to last week. So uh, I think it's going to be quite, quite, 
frosty in the uh, in the locker room afterwards between Brady and Donovan Smith. Do you think there's a chance, given the Panthers win, that the Panthers can catch the Bucks the way the Bucks are playing yeah, at the top of the absolutely. South? I mean, um, I mean, you know, we're, we're jumping on bandwagons, but Steve Wilkes, I <laughs> thought that was that was an amazingly well coached game, um, partly because they knew. With uh, and and had I known this at the time on Tuesday when I made Seattle my best bet, I'm I'm ten and three straight up on the week, and mm. and one of the three is Seattle. Is your, um, is your lock? Hey, join the Drew, Drew Lock Club, Mike. Uh, yeah, but, you know, had I known that walk neither Walker nor DJ Dallas would have been available, I might have rethought that because Seattle's got to run the ball to be effective. Um, yeah, and basically Carolina shut the run off and made Gino they were basically dropping off they were making you know daring Gino to beat them deep and uh and Gino couldn't do that so um you know great it was a great great game plan now if they were to make the playoffs I, I don't see how they fire Steve Wilkes to be honest sure well I and also and what does this mean for Sam Donald because they seem to uh they seem to like Donald at the moment I mean well he had a good game yeah um a great game by Donald's standards uh and part of that I'm you know Part of that is keeping him within the structure of what you want to do. And, you know, Darnold always makes mistakes when he's trying to make a play where there isn't one or trying to make too much of a play. If you if you coach him to play under control, uh, he's certainly got the skills to be a good quarterback. Um, it's his judgment that's always been the problem. You know, I, oh, I can throw this one into that hole. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Um, so, you know, the – as far as I see, they're they're just so much better. And and this is no knock on Matt Rule, who I've always liked, but they just look like a much more disciplined and well-coached team with Steve yeah. Wilkes. You know, the, the point you make about Donald's interesting, Mike. Do you think that when somebody has a high round pick with a lot of pressure on their shoulders as a result, has a tough start in a difficult spot? So when he was at the Jets, they weren't a great team. More and a big media market as well. More and more pressure on you thinking he's a bust, he's not playing well. Does a player like Donald, who likes to force the issue, does that play on his mind and he forces the issue perhaps even more and it becomes self-perpetual? Yeah. And part part of that is that you go to a bad team and you therefore develop more bad habits. But Donald, right. I mean, it was funny in that draft, all of the quarterbacks in that draft came into the NFL and played exactly the way you would have predicted scouting the draft. Darnold mm-hmm. at USC made big plays, made stupid plays in the kind of 50-50 mm-hmm. rate ratio. And that was exactly what he did when, when he came in with the Jets, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's something you need to coach out of a out of a player, but that's not always possible. You know, um you you look at I, I mean the great example is always Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh Allen was a big arm uh, at Wyoming, nobody knew he was a runner the way he was because they didn't run him that much. Um, you know that, but nobody can coach accuracy. But the Bills did. You know, Dable Dable um, as the offensive coordinator basically made it easy for him at the beginning, and then you know kept it to, and they worked on him, and and he became a pretty accurate thrower. Although, oddly enough, what you would say about Dable this week, uh, sorry about uh, Allen this week was his throws were horrible. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they were wild. They were all over the place. He's obviously not, he's obviously not anywhere close to 100%. No, I, I think that's probably the, the reason. And it looks, it looks pretty evident. Yeah. We'll get to the Bills in a minute. I just want to wrap uh, Carolina and, and lead us into the Lions because looking at that run-in and Carolina are five and eight now and the Bucks obviously ahead of them at six and seven, but in free fall. The run-in for Carolina, the Steelers, the Lions, the Bucks and the Saints. So the, it, it's funny that the toughest game on that schedule is probably the lions right probably although the saints are going to be tough for them you know and the saints can play can play them well i think they can beat the bucks mm. um obviously i think they can beat the steelers the lions yeah. will will be a tough game um and you know and coach bluto i mean give <laughs> give him give him a lot of credit because yeah and brian john i think brian johnson's making a real move to become an nfl head coach here because mm. um, as you know, their offense picked up last year when he took over the play calling, right? From Coach Bluto, and and he's done a brilliant job with Goff. You know, who's a talented quarterback. If yeah. you can, well, one of the announcers in that game said Goff was emerging this year. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I did you that. see the Super Bowl <laughs> years ago? Yeah. Who was quarterbacking the Rams in that game? You know, they. Um, it's not right. like he. You know, he just needs 
like a you know he needs to be coddled a little bit. He he needs play calling that brings out his strengths and avoids his weaknesses. We can all we can all relate to that, Mike. I, exactly. <laughs> but but when they ran Penai Sewell, yeah, oh, on yeah. that you know you put him in motion as a tackle eligible, and they still don't cover him. It was brilliant. I said, you know, it's like Coach Bluto, I love you. Uh, you know, it's like... It was so blatant, the double fake. You... It was so blatant, they thought surely nothing's happening. Look at the Lions running as well. So they've got the Jets, the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers. So I Those are they... four winnable games. Yeah, they could... They could be sneaky. That in makes the them. Too, that right? makes them ten and seven, and yeah. they're in the playoffs. I mean, that, what a turnaround that would be! Starting the season one and six, and then yeah. uh, golf. You know, it's... they've scored thirty points or more seven times this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they've won five of the last six. And and you know, the game in Buffalo was a tough loss. They um, on Thanksgiving. And the, I mean, because of the racking up the points of that kind of team, which love watching them. And you know, I know it's the hard knocks bounce, <clears throat> the golf. Reboot story when the way that deal went down, Stafford going to LA, Goff's discarded, Detroit fans thinking, oh God, we've got to deal with this guy. Pretty vanilla start. Everything's coming together. And I think most neutrals are, are rooting for him. I think Detroit. And, yeah, I think so too. And yeah, plus, I mean, again, Coach Pluto, um, they ran a fake punt. Yeah, for forty-one yards. Scotty I mean, calls everywhere. Yeah, it's like yeah, go go for it. And going down. Know, I, I wouldn't say that the you know originally the Lions fans were saying, oh god, you know the, the trade was great. Now the Rams got what they wanted, which was a Super Bowl, and yeah. they lost what they had, which was basically the future. Yeah. Um, so fair enough. That's the deal they made, and and they got what they wanted. Detroit now has two more first-round picks this coming year. Right. Um, and you look at the team, the way it's structured. They've got one of the best offensive lines in the league, if they can if they can stay healthy. Jamison Wilson's um, Jameson um, Williams Williams came back from his injury and looked you know looked pretty good for a guy in his first game in a year. Yeah. Um, and uh, Saint uh, Brown is you know is no one expected him to be as good as he is. If they can keep Swift healthy, the offense would seem to be pretty well set. And it was funny in this game because Hawkinson, who they traded, you know, who they traded away, mm. had a terrible game. Um, he dry, had a couple of drops early, you know, and and um, he fumbled on the. Um, I mean, it, hard to blame him on that because they're doing the you know the Stanford band play uh, at the end of the game, but mm. you know it, it was not a great return um, to Detroit. So, yeah, I think with two more draft picks, they can improve the defense a little bit. You know. Um, and I guess they think they don't have to take a quarterback now because it looks like they'll go with Goff. Well, that's going to be the interesting question, you know, because Goff, in one sense, is always going to be a guy who GMs think they can move on from or improve mm. from uh, because he's being handled. And if, as I was suggesting, Brian Johnson were to get a head coaching job, new guy in, new vision, yeah, then yeah, then you might start to worry about, you know, or is what Goff you, ceiling at, at worst, you, at worst, you get a guy as a developmental guy, and this draft may have right. a couple of those guys in the second, a little bit of value there, I guess, as well, given how many are going to go earlier. Um, is Goff Cousins? Is that his ceiling? I think his ceiling's probably higher. Well, it's a you, you've got a different set of circumstances. Um, Goff's weakness is pressure. Um, he's at his weakest when he's in the pocket, have, having to deal with pressure coming in his face. He's at his best when he's in a play action game that gives him a couple of seconds to find his options. Cousins is a little bit similar. Goff's, I think, got a better, more accurate arm. Mm. Um, but I think his, I think Goff's ceiling's a little higher if he's if he's coached well. And actually, Cousins, you know, given that two offense, two starting offensive linemen were out. I thought Cousins played pretty well in in that game, but still a bit inconsistent, which is always kind of his problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And going into that game, of course, the head scratching for some people, thinking, well, "How the hell are the Lions favored?" Looking at their respective records, but Vegas once again getting that bang on the button. The other, I was all over that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, in in retrospect, I picked that one right too. Why wasn't that my best bet? Oh, tell me about it. That was my alternate best bet, the over in that game. Of course, I went with the Cowboys. Of course, I did. That's the way my season's going. Let's talk Eagles Giants next. Are the Giants done now? Do you think playoff wise? Oh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them. Um, that had one of my plays of the week, which was when oh, Julian sure. Love ran through that pass to Devontae Smith for the touchdown. 
<laughs> you know, it, just, it, it was, was like it all comes in directions. Like, <laughs> yeah, the guy in front is beat, and then all of a sudden, Julia Love runs runs through it, and all he does is forget to get the ball, and and Smith goes for the touchdown. I think I think the Giants' limitation is it, it's been obvious all year. Basically, yeah. is they can't play from behind, um, and they need Barkley to be at a hundred percent, which he clearly wasn't. Um, apparently, he hurt his neck during the week in practice. Um, mm. And uh, if they fall behind like they did, they, they've, they've got no chance. You know, the Eagles are 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 they great? I don't know, but they're certainly balanced. Um, like like the Lions, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Um, a, a, a dominant line. You know, you might even call them the best offensive line in mm. in the league. And and they played strength to strength with the Giants because the Giants' defensive line is really the strong point of their team, and, and won that one easily. So yeah. Um, I, I think the, the Giants are going to have trouble making the playoffs next week. They play the commies um, <laughs> this week, this week coming up. And and that, that is really their fulcrum game. Now break. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Nice. That's a nice way to describe it. Off a buy, of course, the, the commanders, Jalen hurts another big game for him. 294 total yards. And it's the very much the, the Jalen mix. He had 200 and change in the air, yeah. 77 on the ground, 32 touchdowns. He's got combined this season, 10 of those on the ground. So four weeks ago, you look at the line, the Vegas line, Mahomes is the odds-on favorite for MVP. That's suddenly blown up. Burrow's in the conversation too, and Hurts staking his claim. MVP at this I thought stage. you had Tua as the MVP. Well, Tua was it. We'll get on, we'll get on to that. Tua, you're right. Tua was... No, like you, you've got the slip in your pocket there, don't you? Well, that's another one of my big, you, big, you big know, wins. This isn't week. your kid's education at stake now on Tua becoming the MVP? <laughs> hey, there's still time. There's still time. <laughs> yeah. Now, the funny the thing with Tua... Um, just to jump ahead slightly, but yeah, you know, he's not even the MVP of his own team. So, you know, I don't see how you can be the MVP of the league. <laughs> that That's the first thing. Let's get out of the way. Uh, when they said Gosh, offensive powerhouse, that is the, the Miami, I, I, mm. I nearly barfed. Um, Cause as I say every week, they're not an offensive powerhouse. Their offense is, is kind of like a 23 point, 21 point a game team. You know, this isn't the, the greatest show on turf. turf sure. About. Sure. And in this game, you know, what they get one pass to, one pass to Tyreek and Tyreek picks up. Now, if they could put that play in the playbook, the kind of like fumble <laughs> yeah. and then squirt it out to Tyreek, deliberate. That would be, that would be good. But you know, yeah. but that's not you know that's not uh, an awesome one. But Hill's obviously the team's MVP. They, yeah, you know, they win when when he can when he can give them what they want. Hertz has to be in the um, in the conversation. Um, it's strange that he doesn't get the kind of respect that you might expect. He's having. A Lamar-like season, the mm. year Lamar won the MVP, without bring without racking up the huge running numbers that that Lamar could rack up. But um, I think Burrow is going to become the front runner. It, you know, if if the Bengals continue this this run that they're on, um, because it'll be one of those take the team from the doldrums kind of stories. Mm. Uh, you know, and obviously when you're the quarterback, you're part of the doldrums, but. You know, that narrative is more appealing. You're saying that, yeah, that, that's that's and it's always. I mean, Mahomes, for example, talk about narrative. You know, mm. does Mahomes get any credit for going up twenty nothing in that game? Um, they were twenty seven nothing, but that was Willie Gay's interception, so that right. has nothing to do with Mahomes. But you know. But or does he get the the blame because every time the Chiefs have a big lead, it's like it's like they they sit down, pull pull out a cigarette, a, a beer. There was a college. Oh, actually, you know what I recommend? The, I recommend anyone go to the video and watch Incarnate Word beating mm-hmm. Sacramento State in the quarterfinals of the FCS playoff, sixty six sixty three. A player, wow. a player, a player from Sacramento State scores a touchdown, runs to the fans, and drinks a beer. <laughs> <laughs> they hand him the glass of beer, and he drinks it to his helmet, legend. and then comes back. That In the like NFL, he'd be banned for tw- <laughs> for years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'd be banned for years uh, or twelve games. Or fined. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Did uh, you see the moment where Jerry, where uh, Jerry Judy pulled his helmet off? 
because uh, he was complaining about being held and then pushed a, an official and didn't even get a penalty. Jerry G. So he pulled, no, he didn't see that. So what did he do? He pulled his helmet off. He, he took off his helmet. He was he was complaining, complaining bitterly. Yeah. And then he he actually went and pushed one of the officials. And what um, happened? Nothing. And no flags. Didn't, it, didn't get ejected. He'll probably get fined. But, retrospectively. You know. But yeah. Uh, so just to, just to jump back, it was a really interesting point you made. Um, we were on the Eagles. Yeah. We were on the Eagles. But <laughs> someone made the point. I think it was just looking at some of the post-game stuff. I think it was a, one of the beat writers for The Athletic was saying there was a moment when the cameras went over to the Eagles bench. They were up by miles and loads of the players were pissing about on the sidelines, having a joke, but Hertz was just locked in the moment, dead set, like no, not messing around at all, which uh, was, was really interesting to see given his progression this season. He's, he's clearly absolutely in the zone yeah. and locked in. Uh, just contrasting that with um, looking at what happened to Tua yesterday. Uh, and fair enough, you're right. He was in the conversation, I guess, for MVP. And maybe that kind of fourth or fifth seed that gets chucked in uh, to, to, provoke the conversation a bit but two weeks in a row now last week you could look at the offensive line injuries and how dominant the 49ers d is anyway and say okay fair enough and we all have bad games let's not think too much into that this week mike why do you think he in particular was so off the pace that's a good question because you know the chart i this was a tough game to pick um and i was kind i kind of in the end the under, I thought, was probably the best bet in this one. But but even that didn't – because the Chargers were missing Bosa. They were missing Jer, um, Derwin James. You know, yeah. They're probably their two best defensive players. I think Sebastian Joe, Joe Day is out as well. Um, and so I figured they would be – it would be tough for them to deal with, with um, Miami. They obviously were trying to contain Hill, and they did a good job of that. They did contain Waddle. Um, basically in man man coverage, it seemed. But Miami couldn't run on them. That that just shocked yeah. me. You know, yeah. um, whether the, whether it was by choice or initiative, and then Tua was off on so many throws, and he's yeah. been off on a lot. Um, he had a high completion percentage, but his incompletions were, you know, were, were telling. I think for the past, so that that one really surprised me. And I think Miami right now has a real problem because they've got to go up to Buffalo, um, right. This is the weirdest road trip. I'm I'm not sure who in the NFL's, you know, usually Miami gets some breaks in the schedule because it's tough to play in Miami in September um, because of the heat. And it's yeah. tough to play in December because of the heat, especially when you're coming from the Buffalo or New England or the Jets um, and you've got to go down there, you know. Um but this this is a killer road trip. Two two games on the West Coast and then and then Buffalo. Yeah. Um so I think that's going to be a real a real test for them too, because the Bills won't give them much. The Bills are very good at taking away the deep ball, um, make make him beat you underneath, uh, and that seems to be a good part of the the equation. I thought their defense played pretty well. Herbert, I mean, if you if you make this the game, you know the the which guy should you have drafted kind of yeah. game. I mean, Herbert won that easily. He made a sure. couple of insane throws and you know and then and they didn't get any ground game going at all either so he was no i I mean a a bit i mean but 82 yards their ground game anyway is swing passes to austin eckler um (laughs) that's half you know you almost have to count that as as part of their ground game i when mike williams is healthy he's he's you know very dangerous um keenan allen obviously has no juice left um in his legs for, you know, but he's still a dangerous possession or a good possession receiver. Mm. Um, and with, when they have both those guys, that makes playing them very difficult. But I thought Miami would dominate their offensive line as well. Although yeah. Lins, Lindsley was back for them at center, which made a difference, but they still don't really have a right tackle. Mm. Um, but that I mean, didn't, yeah. seem, that so didn't up, seem to bother them very much. I thought Miami would, as you said, run all over them, certainly, and and, yeah. and win comfortably. Here's a good one for you, Mike, uh, via NFL Research. So Tua, as we've established, tough day at the office for him. His completion percentage was 35.7. So that was the worst in a game in the NFL since who in 2019? In 2019? And we've talked about him on this show before already. Today. Already? Yeah. 2019, and we've talked about him already. Holy moly. 
Daniel Jones? Sam Darnold with the Sam Jets. Sam Darnold. All right. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Worst for, <laughs> worst for Miami. So the, that completion percentage, the worst for Miami. <laughs> this is a hard one for your bike on a Monday morning. Jay Fiedler? Yeah. <laughs> no, it goes back to 1980. 31% completion record. That's pre-Marino, right? Pre-Marino, um, yeah. That's uh, David Woodley? It is David Woodley. Carlson, I knew, I knew you'd nail that, man. Unbelievable deep dive from Iron Mike. David Woodley. God, <laughs> old school. Right, I'm going to go to Twitter because we've had a lot of questions in, unsurprisingly, for Iron Mike on Monday. And I think Andy Robson has summed up the Dallas game best with his question. Houston Texans... What the f- is what he's asked? Well, so. I mean, they they turned in a really good performance, you know, up until crunch time, um, and the idea that they would actually go with alternating quarterbacks. So, speaking of David yeah. Woodley and you know Woodstock, um, right? You know, yeah. it, it people put it down. You know, if you don't have one starter, you don't have a starter. But it's not that not always true. There have been teams that have succeeded with two quarterbacks, um, and Miami was one of was one of them, mm. and, and it made sense. You know, they they were using Mills on sort of when they really wanted to throw the ball um, a lot, and Driscoll for the things that he's better at, which is play action. You know, and and the ability to run if he has to, and mm. and I think I think they did um, they did pretty well with that, but um, you know, to not score. Goal line stand. Um, oh, that changed the game. I mean, yeah, you know, that changed. That's that's it. You know, Dak throws an interception. You get the ball down to the two yard line, first yeah. and goal. You can't score, yeah. and then the ninety eight yard drive was almost. You know, you could almost foresee it um, happening. So, mm. um, I, I just thought that it, it was kind of the Houston season in a in a metaphor. <laughs> right. I put a I put one of the, a picture of Rex Ingram playing God in green pastures, which is a great movie. If you ever get a chance to see it, but he looks just like Lovey Smith, with the, with the white, the white beard. <laughs> and he's got an angel talking to him, you know, and it's kind of like, here's Lovey trying to decide the fourth, the fourth down playing, <laughs> getting divine intervention. Now, the other thing in this game, which, um, um, a little, a little Malik, uh, Oh, uh, what do you call it? Um, a forethought, a little Malik, a, th- mm. a forethought. <laughs> yeah, when, when Damian Pierce, um, ran through Malik Hooker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like Damien the Omen Part Three. <laughs> <laughs> the Hooker, the Hooker goes down. Oh boy, he was a hard runner. Um, hey, Propose just dropped in the MVP odds. Incidentally, just back Did, is Josie that. Jewell is Josie Jewell under a thousand one now? David Woodley's the current. <laughs> you know, the outlaw a... Josie Jewell had a great game. <laughs> the Jalen Hurts. We'll get to that in a minute. Hurts the favorite. Uh, just below evens, Propo says. Mahomes is just above evens, and Burrow's seven to one. So you think the Burrow's seven to one? Burrow. That's probably worth a bet. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, although you know, I know there's people. I'm betting the numbers is always a dangerous thing. You telling um, me? It, it's great because if you hit like one out of ten, you can boast about it for a year or so. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> that's that's but, the kind know, of miracle you, I need this season. Yeah, most of the time you 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 know. Okay, you put a fiver on it at, at you know a hundred to one or something like that. It's you know. Oh, it's like Propo and I always say on Edge Rush, Mike. It's like the guy at the casino that's putting a chip on every number at roulette. <laughs> like, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> that's basically what. It, yeah, what unless it is. you unless you're you know Rick, <laughs> you know you're you're not going to do very yeah. well. Is that, you know. <laughs> let's talk. Uh, let's talk Bengals then, uh, as as we kind of segue. I want to I want to ask about Mike Brown's drafting strategy with wide receivers. Well, okay. Well, let's get into that. Are you going to ask yourself a question? They didn't have they didn't have T Higgins or Tyler Boyd. True. So they they went um, Trent and Owen. They they went with Trent 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 and Trenton. Trent and Trenton. Yeah. Yeah, Do you see a pattern here? It's like you draft the best available receiver whose name begins in T. Or alliterative T gets an extra. <laughs> you go up around if it's alliterative. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought the Bengals, um, they always seem to have problems with Cleveland. And Cleveland yeah. made it easy for them with a couple of bad penalties. And yeah, the especially the um roughing the punter um uh, mm. penalty really changed the, the game. But but Cincinnati did what did what they had to do basically. And you know, and, and without two of their three receivers, when when they've got all three re- starting receivers, that's a 
you know, that's a great, it's one of the best threesomes in the league. Um, you know, after Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, and Giselle. <laughs> yeah, I just knew it. You gave it a beat, and I saw the glint in your eye. Uh, the fact we're talking about Yeah, that, even yeah. the glasses can't hide that. Yeah, I knew you'd go there. Hey, I... I, I, I it was completely spontaneous. I hadn't actually I'm planned sure, that. Sure you did, sure you did. I know. And the fact you have to say that, Iron Mike, is, is uh, you're protesting too much. No, I believe you. I'm buying it. Hey, uh, let's talk to Sean Watson. Uh, we have to... He doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't why, and that doesn't bother, bother me one little bit. The I tell you, they paid... What did they pay him? $250 million? He's earned about 20 bucks of that back. <laughs> well, he's had a bit more this week, hasn't he? Because uh, we have to look at the progress he made week on week because he was terrible last yeah. week. But no, that, that's fair. That's fair. And and to be honest, he, his movement is really good. Um, You know, it and, and when he was at Houston... For a while, they stopped him. You know, they tried to stop him from running from the yeah, pocket. Yeah. Um, but partly because he'd been hurt, you know, in his uh, early on. Uh, and his throws have a lot of zip on them. They're still, t- I think, there's still timing issues, which, as you said, is probably understandable given, given all that time off and and getting used to the new receivers. But yeah, I, I thought I thought he showed a little more than he had last week, but yeah. that's still not enough uh, to carry a team like like Cleveland. Uh, let's go back to the mailbag because, uh, sorry, I just thought I'd had it open by Tennessee Titans. Mm. Well, yeah, we'll get to the Titans in a minute. I just want to go to the mailbag and I'll get into the, let's go to the mailbag. Uh, this is from Adam. The question I feel we've asked mm, every year for the last nine years, I'd say, (laughs) do you think Brady will be back next year? (laughs) <laughs> that's it, an interesting one because really for two reasons one is he'll he will have something to prove presumably with a new team yeah um i think the situation in tampa is you know done is frustrating at so best what for him. team like i mean the, there's a lot of mischievous talk about the you know returning to the patriots uh <laughs> that would be interesting but it would be an admission of failure on by bill belichick i mean um you know, so I'm not. I'm he's not a pragmatist, pro- so would he care? I mean, if it's the best, probably not. Um, but that that would be it. Would be it would be a fascinating scenario. And of course, he doesn't have Giselle now telling him he's got to retire. Mm. Um, which, again, I don't understand the whole the whole scenario. You know, he he had nothing really left to prove. Yeah. Now he does have something to prove. So I wouldn't be surprised if he if he wanted to come back. Um, Byron Leftwich's flame has diminished mm, quite a bit as a potential head coach. Head coach. Are you really surprised, though, that that despite achieving everything he's achieved, that he wanted a, the very nature, uh, the very the core of his character that got uh, him to where he got you know, to? He was always going to come back, wasn't he? Yeah, there's so much we don't know and we try to, to figure out mm. because – for many people, if you're in a marriage threatening situation because you want to play and you don't have to, you know, mm. it's not like you have to make a living at it because you've got a huge contract waiting for you as a commentator. But that's so, assuming you're playing to make a living. Uh, yeah, so plus you're, yeah, plus you're, you know, not- your kids aren't going to starve if you don't work at all for the next 50 years. But that's not the point, though, is it? No, that, that's, that's not, not the, the point. He's got these com- yeah. competitive juices. Now, whether yeah. that's huge ego or whether there was other stuff going on mm. that we don't know about, and we probably shouldn't know about, but because they're celebrities and they're paid like celebrities, we eventually will. Um, mm. That might be factor into it. But, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just, I hear football players all the time talk about giving, you know, wanting to spend some time with their children and watch them grow up because yeah. basically in the NFL from August from August through, you know, January or, or, or February, well, January, if you're the Texans and February, if you're everybody else, <laughs> um, you know, you, you, you really, your home life is diminished quite considerably. Yeah. Um, and so it, it really doesn't make sense to me. And, and watching him the last few weeks, he's really looked like somebody who's not the words. Not, it's not going through the motions, but who kind of doesn't want to be there. Yeah. You know, he, he's like doing it because he has to. Yeah. Um, and he wants to win. But but, you know, but the situation is really frustrating for him. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's not like he's a goalie where nothing's his fault. You know, this mm. this came up during the week in some context and somebody mm. actually 
I had been saying it to someone and then someone put it up on Twitter, completely unrelated to my conversation. But when, when I was a freshman in college and I was, they had decided I would be the lacrosse goalie because I'd played my freshman year in high school as a backup learning to play the sport, you know, and then the school dropped the sport. So I, there was a guy in the alumni office who had played lacrosse and he took me out every day in the winter and shot at me. And, you know, I worked on how to stop balls and stuff. And he said, remember when you're a goalie, no goal is ever your fault. Even if it is, <laughs> this is I need to take and it's kind of like Brady's right? attitude seems to be no loss is ever his fault. Even, I, even if you might argue it is. I'm parlaying that into the Tuesday night. Kentish yeah. Use that, use that in your, in your five aside. I have to use yeah. it regularly. I think that was the second most important lesson he taught me. The first one was, shouldn't you wear a cup <laughs> if you're going to play, <laughs> if you're going to play goalie in lacrosse? I said, really? You think? <laughs> It's like you reminds, reminds me of the coach in Teen Wolf when Michael J. Fox is about to desperate to tell somebody what's happening to him with the the transformation. He tries to talk to his coach and the coach says he's not listening to him at all. And then just says, uh, there are two rules in life I always stick by. Always get 12 hours sleep a night and never play poker with a man named after a city, <laughs> which is one of my, one of my yeah. favorite lines. And that served yeah. me pretty well, actually. I might never say. play poker with a man named Doc, never eat at a at a place called Moms, and and never <laughs> sleep with someone who's got more problems than you do. <laughs> What's that from? Or is that I'm like? I, it's an old one. I don't okay. remember where it originated, but uh, it's very true. It, it is. All of those things are true, including the box line from Lacrosse Coach. Uh, let's talk about your your Titans. Well, My Titans. titans. No. Well, interesting, yeah. isn't yeah. it? They fired their general manager, and then they got with another stinker. I don't know what's, whether that's cause or effect, but why um, did they fire him? Uh, we talked a bit about this last week on another well, show. It's it is unusual. Well, certainly unusual. But it, is there going to be more to it that meets the it eye? It might have been. Amy, Amy Adams strong might have the proximate cause might have been AJ Brown embarrassing them with the Eagles. Mm. But there's some talk that it went back to um, um, Dowling, the assistant coach, the offensive coordinator, Todd Dowling. Yeah. um, Drinking on the airplane, uh, which is against the NFL's rules. Yeah. Um, And they, they, so they fired him which I think was probably an overreaction because I think you can probably trace some of their offensive decline to his departure. Yeah. Um, I think he was very good at making the best of what they had. Um, And the other thing might be, you know, if you were going to fire him because you didn't agree with the way he was building the team, which is a a valid argument, you know, you, you could make, or you didn't agree with the AJ Brown trade, Mm. You would have fired. You wouldn't have given him a four-year extension. You would have fired him back in the spring. Right. Um, so this, you know, this this really was was a puzzler. I'm not sure that that's why. Well, I guess the, on that though, the trail on. I mean, the trail on Bucks draft pick was well. Let's see. We've got somebody as good uh, for less. Let's see how that yeah, plays out. And, and, then when and you would have to. Up. You would have to allow to give him a you know time to break in. But you know, it was as I said last week that he made an AJ Brown catch against the Eagles and then was, and then was in, you know, and on the play was injured and and is now out, but you can't really blame, blame them for that. Um, You know, they turned the ball over, which is very untight. And, and um, um, you know, when your best player turns it over twice, you know, but, but that handed them 20 points and their defense is really not apart from the front is falling apart. I think Evan Ingram had, what was it? 160 yards receiving against them, Mm. um, which is, which is really kind of, kind of unacceptable for any, for any team. Um, And the Jags played pretty well. You know, the Jags are one of those teams where you can say, well, it looks like they're heading in the right direction. Yeah. The way they, the way they built the team and, um, and Trevor Lawrence is playing the way we expected him to play when he came out of college. So yeah, it really um, is now. He's really putting a run together, isn't he? So do you think he's turned a corner that he is now going to stay on that course? Yeah. Credit and credit Doug Peterson for that. You know, Um, I think Mike Vrabel and Rob, I think, I don't think he and Robinson were as much on different pages as we might think from his getting fired, you know, that some of the rumor was, you know, Oh yeah. He and Vrabel, you know, were on the outs, but, mm. but, you know, he seemed to be giving Vrabel the kind of pieces that he wanted, uh, the, you know, the kind of team that he wanted. Mm. Um, I don't, I, it's, it, it's, it's a puzzler, but I, but I think the the odd part is that Tennessee probably wins the division anyway. 
Um, yeah, well, that was going to be my next question. So they're seven and six. The Jags uh, with that one, five and eight, probably too little too late. Right for them to yeah I I would I would have thought so you know the two games in in the next four mm. is probably too much to make up in in that yeah. in that division Houston will pull off one upset and and that'll that'll probably just dis- decide things yeah um the, I mentioned Joe's Josie the outlaw Josie Jewell and, you did sorry yes and Jerry did. and Jerry Judy but I think Russell Wilson's gonna is an interesting whether it's Primetime Russ, <laughs> you know, um, and and remember this this game got moved out of primetime so that they would <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't have them uh, you know even with Patrick Mahomes it turned into a really good game you know, yeah. it would it would have been a nice uh, it's better it's probably a better game than the other one actually yeah, yeah but that's... Wilson I mean that's the first game Wilson's played well I think mm. relatively well this season and and you know the injury that he got going for it as opposed to sliding yeah. Was a sign of that, I think. Um, there was a great. We missed a play in one of the other games because they were busy showing us a close up on ends on red zone of the the lump on his head. It was the kind of lump that when like Bugs Bunny used to hit you with a hammer on there, and they boom, these things would come up. It was exactly like that, and um, I I just thought, you know, it's it's like the best thing he's done. It's it's going to convince everybody was was take that lump, but but you know, hopefully the concussions. Not too bad. He threw a pass that hit McDuffie in the face, yeah. the defensive back, yeah. covering. And McDuffie jumps up in the ball, boing, right, right about the spot where Russell Wilson had, <laughs> his, had his contusion, um, which, right. which I thought was one of – it's another one of my favorite plays of the week. But, you know, for a while, McKinnon um, – was playing so well that it was kind mm. of carrying the Chiefs with whatever they wanted to do. And and that was you your play of the think, week, wasn't it? The Mahomes yeah, and McKinnon. The um the um the toss from you know, the yeah, underhand when Mahomes the eleven players around him. Holmes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, brilliant. Um yeah. and, and and then you know the, who does the angry run. I don't know whether whether that will be um Damian Pierce knocking over Hooker um or whether it'll be Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. Uh, on that last the game clinching run where he was basically stopped four yards into the run and then just kept going um, while guys were hanging and falling off of him. So, you know, that that was a brilliant um, game ender for for Andy Reid. Um, yeah, like, well, even NFL, like, NFL.com, I was just saying NFL's Twitter, official Twitter handle called the Pacheco one an angry run. Yeah. Uh, angry runs everywhere, yeah. Um, Mike, what are you writing about this week? Uh, in your well, probably that FCS game, among um, among other things. Last Friday, I did a, a really long piece about John Hadle, who died, the, the Chargers quarterback, um, who was – one of my two favorite quarterbacks in the sixties. Mm. Um, and, you know, and everyone remembers him, number 21, throwing to Lance Allworth, number 19 with Sid Gilman's chargers. And, you know, but he never really had huge success, championship success with them. Um, he went to the Rams and had the, probably the best season of his career and took the Chuck Knox Rams into, into the playoffs for a year and then got traded to green Bay in one of the most lopsided trades of all time and did nothing for the Packers. He was 35 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those days, 35 year old players often looked like 35 year old men. <laughs> sure. You know, his, he had, and he, you know, he had, he was prematurely bald. He had a pot belly, but I go into lots of side stories as, you know, unlike the way I usually do things. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, I liked, I liked that a lot. There's, there's a lot in there. I also go mm-hmm. into Herschel Walker and, um, mm-hmm. Because Herschel Walker's campaign, if you watch some of the videos, he looks exactly like a pro wrestler, kind of standing <laughs> standing there, you know, like, like Abdullah the Butcher or somebody, just just standing there nodding and I'm smiling, nodding. while while Lindsey Graham is is playing Bobby the Brain Heenan <laughs> and doing doing all the talking. I say oh, it, it's amazing. like it, it's like they watched wrestling and then made his campaign video. That's you know, a My man Herschel, and you go out there and and it's just and the voting thing is just like wrestling too. It's like you know, come in the, at the Greensboro Coliseum on the on the sixth <laughs> of December. You know, it's like you go out to Atlanta and you get to that polling station. <laughs> and I just uh, thought that was you know too good too good to pass up. Um, that there's amazing. a lot of stuff this week. I um, yeah. 
I really do want to list because one of the things I was doing was listing my favorite plays as I was watching the games. Uh, the other one was C.J. Mosley going offside um, when Dawson Knox came in motion and then went to take the snap. Mm. And Mosley just jumps offside and everybody's laughing at him, basically. I thought that was great. And Dawson Knox cartwheel. or, or Oh, spinning, that was incredible. Love that. Love that. Into Love the end that. Zone was Although I, I think as well, maybe you should fuse in favorite plays with favorite plays and let's have because you're very good at connecting i don't know view from the bridge with something <laughs> that you can see in the nfl <laughs> sunday iron mike's favorite plays and Iron mike's favorite plays could be a column somebody uh, was talking about bridges in one of the games last yeah, night you see, i don't, I'm already I don't know why the ideas you can connect it mike the yeah. iceman cometh you can tie it i'm sure oh and uh, the one the one other play the russell gage touchdown catch oh yeah didn't that remind you of Julian Edelman's catch in the Super Bowl against Atlanta? Yeah. And I was amazed that nobody mentioned it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, a good the ball point. was knocked down. He yeah. kind of scoops it off the scoops ground. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad I'm glad that uh, Bryant, what's his name? Uh, Allen didn't take it away from him, uh, the referee, mm. uh, even though I thought he probably should have. Mm. But, yeah. Let it stand. Uh, Mike Carlson, FMT is the Patreon column. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Mike Carlson, FMT. At Carlson Sports on Twitter. And here you got tonight. Oh, God. Talk about, I mean, you, I'm definitely the last person on earth you probably should be asking about picks right now. But I think probably, I mean, God, it's a, a stay away game. If I put gun to the head, I'm probably going Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to avoid it when they're at home, you know, and, but it's kind of like, you got the great coach against the coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I, I'm sure they can keep Kyler in in check. I'm not so sure that they can generate a whole lot of offense. Um, uh, yeah, this is this is it. What propo? Are you having any action on that? The propo in the house. Uh, are you going to take I, it? I, my point goes to um, Mike's, which is. It's Belichick versus Kingsbury. I'm sorry. I've got to take Belichick every single time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, it it's amazing sense. that the, that Arizona are home dogs, or they were at least the last time I looked at the line. Yeah. Um, they still are, but Arizona are terrible at home. I think they've only won one game yeah. this year, aren't they? So, you know, the Patriots were, were like 17 to 10 or something straight up. and. Yeah, the two point dogs. That yeah, the that's, I think I'd put a numbers bet there. The under, the under might be uh, <laughs> might be the play to take. Yeah, the under might be a good one. Yeah, yeah. All right, brilliant stuff. I'm Mike back on Monday. Look after yourself, buddy. Enjoy the snow. Yeah. Take it easy, prop O. Brilliant stuff from my Mike. Uh, he'll be back next Monday. You can count on that. You can count on us dropping more episodes all week long. Incidentally, shout out to all our new subscribers. I'm getting handed data. Uh, from Propo particularly, who could understands all this and uh, and deciphers it for me. Uh, lots of new subscribers to the show, which is terrific to see. So if you're new to us, good to have you with us. Great to have you along for the ride. Spread the word if you're enjoying the show. I know a lot of you have taken time to review us on the different pod platforms that you listen to us on. Massively appreciate that. A bunch of you when Spotify pushed out your favorite shows of the year or the shows you've listened to most. Loads of you got in touch with us on uh, Twitter at the NC show saying we were in. Uh, in your top five, top 10, whatever it is, and esteemed company as well. So appreciate that support. We really do. And just hearing from you that you're enjoying the show, it means a lot. I know the gang love it as well uh, at our end. So very, very appreciative of that. We've got a lot coming your way in return, including Asmir Begovic in the house. But getting into the Patriots with him, I'm sure, and a ton of other stuff too. So Asmir's on Wednesday, our preview show. Propo and I back for Edge Rush. And of course, the Guru Sandrini FFS with his fantasy stylings. All of that coming your way this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy NC Show coming at you as we get. Here we go. Here's five pounds for the charity box. The business end of the season. That's the last time I'm going to drop that, I promise you. We'll see you Wednesday. Bye for now. Podcast Network.